Welcome to the Nourished Souls Podcast. Your coaches, Jasmine and Michaela, are passionate about helping you on your journey to living a healthier and happier life through mind, body, and soul. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Jasmine and I have another amazing guest. His name is Derek, and he is a relationship coach for men. And I thought, what better person to have on here? I know him personally, and he's just been a ray of light. We actually met in a coaching program ourselves, and we just kind of hit it off. And he's just one of those people that has really great energy, is super knowledgeable, and I want to have a male's perspective on relationships. So welcome, Derek. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in. Well, let's just dive in. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, how you got there, and just your passion behind everything? Yeah, I guess the, the, the short version um, of my life and my story is that I started off, I mean, I pretty much came into this world through abuse. Uh, I came into this world, you know, with a lot of physical abuse, um, which led into some, some sexual trauma and abuse. And then later on in my life, it was more emotional um, and mental abuse that was coming from mostly from men as well, which is the, is the odd perspective of why I'm in this work now. And so that transitioned into me just finding myself more and more every single day, which is the beauty of life. I feel like we all are doing that to some degree or another, and everybody's on their own individual path, which both of you I know, I can feel that you guys know this directly. And so for me, specifically in regards to the realm of men, right? So what I do is is I really, you know, enlighten men and bring in a a different level of masculine embodiment. And what that that means to me, right, is that I want to help men as much as possible, really just dive into their bodies, into their souls, into their hearts, and really live a life that truly is just inspiring, purposeful, full of as much fulfillment as they possibly can. And not just sitting back, you know, playing video games and just doing the mundane things of what I would call is a Bergen, right? So if anyone's familiar with the, the movie Trolls, it's literally like people are walking around like they're Bergens. <laughs> uh, we're all trolls, right? Um, and the beautiful aspect of what that shows is that we all have that light within us. We all have that divine purpose within us that can really just shine on every capacity, on every level of ascension. And so what I did is I, I started going to a ton of workshops in my local area of Salt Lake City and all of the workshops I was attending, right? It could, be, it could be anything around like meditation. It could be anything around spirituality. It could be even a goal setting workshop, if you will. But I was the only man in these workshops. I was surrounded by women. Um, I was surrounded by powerful women at the same degree that were really just taking con- complete control of their lives, leveling up their lives, and just honestly, like not asking for any permission and just taking that shit whole, you know, wholeheartedly. And so I said, where are the men, right? I'm literally looking around and I'm like, I'm the only man in this, in this room and where are the men at? And so I really wanted to take on the challenge of really helping men upgrade their lives and, and increase their consciousness level not necessarily to be at the same level of women, right? But at least start the process of getting to know themselves even deeper so that they can make a bigger impact in this world. And so that's what started my business. That's what started my practice. Um, And that's why I'm diving so deeply in with so many other men, right? And also getting my own development in, which I, I I feel is super powerful, is to making sure that we are also continuing our progress, right? We can't not, we can't just talk the talk, right? We really need to walk the walk. And so me being a coach in this world, Obviously, I've hired many of my other coaches, which again, Michaela, I met you during, during that journey um, of the business perspective. But at the same time, like we need to continue, we, we, need, to, we need to walk our walk, right? And we need to continue to, to grow and upgrade and level up in every capacity possible. I will say on 
I absolutely love what you're doing because it's one of those things I think everyone knows, but when it comes to men, you're not expected to, or it's, you're, it's looked down upon to be vulnerable and to just share if you're having a bad day or to learn how to do self-investment other than working out and all these other things that are affected or qualified as like masculine traits. And so I think this is absolutely beautiful, but I've learned one thing also, I feel like it's, it's extremely hard to go against the grain as well to break those stereotypes. Yeah, hundred percent. So part of my, part of my target audience will, right. Uh, if you will, is, is literally the men that were similar to me growing up. Right. So when I, you know, when I was growing up through my teenage years and into my twenties, I, I can't even tell you how many times I was sitting on the couch watching sports center for the 50th time. I don't even know why I was watching it, but I was just a zombie because I didn't really know what I could do or what, what was, what a, what potential I possibly could have. And I think it's the same thing as we all have coming out of high school. It's like, what do I want to do with my life? We always get asked that question. And so I wanted to, I, I, I wanted, I wanted more, right. But I was just stuck in that rut of wanting more, but not doing anything to get to that point. And, and I see a lot of men in that sense as well, where you're right, like men asking for help is one of the biggest hurdles that, that we will ever overcome. Showing our vulnerability and showing our heart in a way of knowing that it's not us being soft or weak is one of the biggest things that we could ever possibly do in these situations, right? And so I want to be a beacon and show men that that is possible. But that's the fun part of, of all of this, right, is marketing to that level of man is, is somewhat difficult because you're either going to trigger the shit out of them, right? Um, and push them away, or you're going to draw them in, or they're just going to be in that level stance of where it's like, I don't know if I should take action or, or if I shouldn't take action. And the funny pr perspective of that is I have a lot of women that push men my direction because they want the change for them, but the men don't want the change. Right. So it's an interesting dynamic of it's where I have a lot of women. They're like, Hey, my boyfriend would be perfect for your program or my husband would be perfect for your program. And I get on the phone call with them and they're just like, yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm not really too interested, but you know, my wife said I should talk to you, you know, or something like that. And so it's, it's a, it's a fun little area to, to navigate through. There's so many dynamics and levels to that. I wouldn't even know where to begin with that, but I have a question for you. I don't want to be too invasive course but I guess why do you think men are so hesitant and I feel like this is the question that every woman wants to know but why do you think men are so hesitant to embrace that you think it's just like a generational thing or it's just something that they're cultivated to act to not be vulnerable or to always be tough or to not share your your quote-unquote weaknesses yeah great question so for me it's a two-part process which technically would lead into one uh, one answer so if you were to think of World War II back in the day, right, we had a ton of men just, just go off to war, right? They were drafted into war. They had to protect the country as much as possible. And so they left their families behind, right? And as they're leaving their families behind, some of the men didn't even come back. Um, but for the men that did come back, they came back physically in body form, but they didn't come back emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And so what happened and took place is that there was a lot of absence between how boys can transition into manhood from that perspective. And a lot of men in that situation, because of PTSD, because of, of you know, crazy war memories, et cetera, they were not in a capacity to, to train and bring these, these little young men up to a level of what manhood is, right? And so when you think of true masculinity and true capacity, it is very heartfelt. It is very e emotional. Um, it is very sensitive, which are all very key characteristics of every human being. But 
especially in men, but you see in women, right? They're, they're more likely to share a lot of this information and a lot of these opportunities, which is a beautiful thing. That's the balance. So when you think of the history, it comes into, that's our culture. And that's what we have embedded in our system is that we show men that if you, you say that you're sad, or if you say that you're hurt or that you were just crying you know, on your pillow late last night, that you're weak. Or in other terms what men would say is you're a pussy, which I, I, a lot of these terms you're going to know directly from me. I don't like any of them. Right. Um, but these are things that men do say and do call each other when those situations do come up. And it's funny because those men that are using those derogatory terms, they are the same men that are crying themselves to sleep at night as well, but they're not afraid or, or sorry, they are afraid to actually speak up about it. So in a way they respect other men that also share their, their feelings and expressions, but at the same time, they're too scared and fearful to do it themselves because they don't want to appear as, as weak or, or soft in those situations. I mean, all of that, everything you just said, I can think of like, not every man in my life, but a majority and just how some I've seen evolve and grow and, you know, used to be no, you like calling each other like pussy or weak or whatever and poking fun and always saying, no, 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 it's all right. Like I'm emotional, but never really expressing the emotion. And then kind of as they got older learning, oh, it's okay. Like just because I say what I'm feeling or how I'm feeling doesn't make me weak. It actually lets people know how I feel. We can have a constructive conversation about it. I feel better as me. This other person knows where I'm coming from. And together we can continue to build that relationship, I guess, in whatever avenue that that relationship is in. Yeah. Kings and Queens, right? I, I preach a lot about Kings and Queens. Michaela, I know you know this because you see my posts very often, <laughs> yeah. but an example of this, right, is I was at a convenience store and this is, a, this is probably about a year or two ago. And I was at a convenience store and I was in the milk, butter and egg section. And there was a man with his son in the, in the cart, right? And then his, his wife. And he said, Hey babe, uh, is, you know, do we have any, do we need any butter for the house? Right. And she says, I don't know. He's like, well, last time I looked in the refrigerator, I didn't see any butter. So she's, and then she looks at him directly in the eye and she says, so if you knew that we didn't have butter, why the hell are you asking me if we need butter? And what you see is this bot, this man's body language completely just shut down, blocked off completely dark from that perspective. And so that's why I, I preach to the, to both areas of, of femininity and, and masculinity in that sense too, is because there, we need that balance, right? In that situation, what took place is that, is that she completely stole his power away because she doesn't understand that if, by giving her king or her man power, she also is powerful herself, right? It's a much, much higher level of consciousness, but it's also the same for the opposite, right? Where a king needs to give his queen the power, knowing that it's going to make both of them just as powerful in the end. It's not a matter of take, 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 because I need to be better than you are, because then you're just in competition with, the, with your significant other, right? And so in those situations, it, it could have been completely different, right? Where she was like, hey, babe, I don't, you know, I don't know if we have butter either. Let's just get it just in case, right? And then next thing you know, you have unity and you have a partnership, right? Which is completely healthy compared to the toxicity that we see and is ridden through almost majority of our relationships in this lifetime. I was actually talking about that with a girlfriend yesterday and we were going back and forth about recommendations, but what do you recommend as far as successful communication? Because I will say first and foremost, I don't think people realize that we both have, we have both masculine and feminine traits. I think people say either I'm masculine or I'm feminine. It's like, no, that's, you have both. So you have to learn how to cultivate both. But as far as being in a partnership, 
especially in those situations, and let's say the partner was frustrated, how would you recommend healthy communication with that? Yeah, so uh, we could, this is like seven layer deep. We can get as deep as we want with this one. But um, what I will say though to you, right, is let's say Jasmine, let's just pretend that you and I are in a relationship and you are more masculine right now. What that's going to do is that's going to bring out more of my feminine, Mm -hmm. right? Because opposites attract, that's where they talk about that. Normally you see, like when they say opposites attract on a surface level, they're like, oh, well, Jasmine likes to go swimming, camping, and to the beach. Well, Derek likes to stay indoors and only watch movies. You know, like that's how they talk about opposites. But no, if you really think about it, the more masculine you are, Jasmine, the more feminine I'm going to be and vice versa. And it takes a lot of effort for us to get to a level of a balanced feminine masculine energy. It takes a lot of work in partnership in that. And to that point, this is one of the degrees. So I'm happy that you asked this because if, if someone were to come to me in, in a situation and start to express their feelings or even provide me with feedback, the first thing that I can do is just sit back, take a deep breath and listen. I want to make sure that I completely understand where, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what your past experiences was, because what your past experience is, is most likely what is contributing to this experience here. And once I evaluate and get all the answers to the questions that I have of why you're feeling the way that you are, or why you're hurt the way that you are, then that's where I'll start to proceed and either one, take ownership, which I feel is completely lacking from a, from a male perspective in many different capacities and areas, and also from women as well, but I'm going to speak from the male perspective. But at the same time, right, I need to offer support, unconditional love, and non-judgment. Those are the, the three key areas that I feel like is what creates a very dynamic partnership between uh, a male-female, male-male, woman-woman, whatever relationship that you're in, is that you need to be able to make sure that you are listening and, and you're not just, what's that, what's that saying? I'm sure you both have heard it where you're, you're listening to understand. You're not just listening to respond. Right. And that, I take that very, very seriously because again, if, if you were to come to me, Jasmine, right. With all of your concerns and I'm just like, yeah, but right. And I'm discrediting everything that you're feeling. That's just going to create more walls and more walls as time goes on. Right. Using the term. Yeah. But, or even, but in general, I completely have tried to remove that from my vocabulary because it discredits everything that took place right before that converse or right before that statement was provided. If you replace it with the word and then it changes, it changes the whole dynamic psychologically, uh, in, in a communicative form, um, holistically, et cetera. So that's what I would say is the, is the key areas that I would, I would deem and recommend for anybody to focus on is one first sit back and listen Two, uh, then that's where you look into the situation and you ask those, those powerful probing questions to identify and understand on a deeper level because it's not just surface. Because um, how many times have we been in a relationship, I can raise my hand, where someone has come to me and I'm just like, oh, just get over it, right? Like, it's not a big deal. You're coming at it from your perspective, not from their perspective. It's just like love languages. You, you, you can't, if you love somebody the way that you like to be loved, and then it's not going to, it's not going to go over as easy or as well as if you love them the way that they want to be loved, right? That's a huge, huge difference. And a lot of times we, we love people the way that we want to be loved because we've had such a lack of it in our life or the entirety of our life. And we're looking to gain that more with every relationship that we get into. That's powerful. Especially that last remark you said about, we want to love people the way I mean, I, I will say, especially from with my coaching, I, I believe that we are a projection. Our reality is a projection of who we are. So I think that's really powerful. Even with relationships, that's something that 
honestly, even for me, I'd never even thought about that until you said that just now. I was listening to a podcast earlier this year and I heard that same sentence and I sat in my chair and I was literally gobsmacked. Like I'm pretty sure my mouth was open and it just hit me with a slap in the face. It was a good wake up call, but I realized why different things and different relationships weren't working or there was tension or there was confusion, anything that wasn't really positive. And I finally sat back and I kind of went through the different relationships in my life that had tension in them. And I realized that I was approaching it from my projections. I was approaching things in the way that I would want to, you know, it to be handled and everything else. And I just sat there and said, okay, you know what? Like, clearly this isn't working. This is a wake up call. I need to shift gears and really pay attention to whatever it is that the opposite person needs and really go about it in a way that is beneficial to them because no matter what, it's going to be beneficial to me as well because I'm listening. I'm actually paying attention to what they need. I'm gaining knowledge and power and helping them do the same thing. So it's, it's not to say that when you listen to other people's needs, it's not neglecting your own. Rather, it's, you know, gaining that knowledge and saying, okay, like I'm here. This is what you need. This is what I'm going to give to you. This is how we can strengthen this relationship. Yeah. And I'd say that's the, that's the fight, right? Is your ego in those types of situations, because that's what you're really fighting with in those situations, right? Is Mm -hmm. am I feeding, am I filling my own cup? Am I standing up for my needs and my wants, or am I just giving in to other people? And I, and I love that you did that, Michaela, you dived into your past because how many times have all of us, I'm sure we're all guilty of this. We've carried that baggage into a new relationship and we didn't really know why we're just like, Oh, this is just the way that I am. Right. I use jealousy with men all the time in this situation. So any man that has been cheated on in their, in their life or in some degree or another, jealousy is a big issue, right? Because all men want to impress women. It doesn't matter what the woman looks like. It doesn't matter how old she is. We always want, it's in our, it's in our nature, right? It's literally embedded within our soul. And so when we're not impressing women, right? Or the opposite sex in those situations, it, it, it almost looks at us as like, oh, we're not worthy enough, right? We're not doing what we need to be doing to get their attention, to impress them, to get the likeness of them, et cetera. Even if it's on romantic level, friendship level, or acquaintance level, it doesn't matter. So it's so, it's so interesting that you spoke to that because we do that often, right? We carry so much baggage into these new relationships when in reality, we should be healing. We should be looking back and seeing why we are acting the way that we were. I'll be vulnerable and tell you this right now. So my whole life growing up, right, is I, I had a single mother, I, but I had two stepfathers um, that contributed to a lot of the abuse that I spoke to earlier. However, I was always fighting for her love. I always wanted her attention. And I felt like these other men were taking that away from me. So what happened was is I get into relationships later on in life, or even teenagers to later on in life. And I was so needy. I was so clingy. I was just like, I want this attention so bad. Right. Um, and it even dived into like the, the physical side of things, right? Like sex. Like I, that, that was like my worth. If I, if I were able to have sex with a woman in those situations and I'm like, Oh, she likes me enough. I'm okay with this. Um, and I think a lot of men can relate to that. And that's why there's a lot of different issues with like pornography and fantasy and all these other things that play a role and why men in relationships as well, right? If we were to go down that road, why men, men in relationships now, they, they're not putting in enough effort for women that are really wanting that effort to be put in because all they know is all they know, but they're also in that, they have that blind spot, which it's their responsibility to come out of. But that's where you see the, the, a lot of relationships break apart is because you have most likely in a lot of situations, 
as the woman is wanting to grow and develop in many capacities in different areas, but the man is still stuck in the past. And so that's another huge part of my passion and my drive is to help men be like, Hey, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to, to shake off the old habits and routines and let's just build some new ones. Right. It doesn't need to be drastic, but we just need to start. So I'm happy that you brought that up, Michaela. I'm just absorbing everything you said. That was kind of a wake up call for even both sexes when you realize that because I feel like in this modern day, it's almost a joke where like, and you see it even on memes where you bring in baggage for other relationships. But if you're not healing, especially from, I'll go along and be vulnerable too. I had a lot of trauma that occurred to me when I was growing up. And I carried that even like from issues with my own mother into relationships. And it becomes second nature without realizing it. But if you don't stop and assess yourself and sit and say, you know what, I'm hurting. I need to heal from this or it's going to repeat in every relationship I have you're not going to be successful. And that's the hard part about society, right? Is I feel like society does not teach us to be self-sustainable. It really doesn't. And in those types of situations, it's we are looking to the other person, specifically our partner in this situation, to fix all of the brokenness that we have from our past. And that's where people, they don't want to be broken and they're scared to share that they are broken, not knowing and, re and realizing that everybody's broken. Everybody has broken pieces in their life. And yes, a partner can help you put those together, right, in, in, a, in a better way or even a more toxic way even. But at the same time, it's really responsibility down to yourself to really just take full ownership of what has taken place, whether you were giving power away, right? So when, when I was getting, when I was going through my sexual trauma at the age of three, four, five, and six, granted I was a child, but that has been, that's carried on through my entire life where I was still giving my power away to this man. Once you learn to regain that power and step more into that, you're taking ownership of that whole entire situation, right? You're no longer allowing that individual to have the power over you that they once did because they took advantage of the situation. And you see that in relationships far too often. I literally have, I have a, a, a group of friends right now where they, you know, they just got married and there's a situation where they, they argue constantly to where who's going to be making, like, who's going to be the bread bread runner, right? And winner of, of the situation where they're going to be like, who's going to really level us up and get us out of this type of situation where it's like both of you, right? I can't, you can't be in a situation where you can, I highly recommend that you don't, but don't be in a situation where you are putting all of the cookies on the other, in the other person's jar. Like you need to, if you're going to be talking a big game, then you better be walking the big game. Right. And that's where it comes down to a lot of other areas where if somebody says something, especially in a partner, if someone were to say something to you, this is, happens often and it hurts you, that's not their responsibility. That's your responsibility. You are choosing to feel that way. And so often than not, it's no, Michaela, you made me feel this way. No, Jasmine, you said this and did this. And that's why I feel this way. And all you're doing is casting blame and creating more barriers, more walls and more toxicity in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, all of that I experienced a year ago with my ex and he was just blame and blame and blame and I went into it thinking okay I'm better I'm I'm more healed than I was I can do this but I mean it was good because a lot of just the shit just came up out of the cracks that I you know thought that I had healed and thought that was gone and everything but it wasn't and it just pretty much exploded in my face and I'm at the end grateful for it because it taught me so much about myself and about myself and relationships and you know, listening and communicating all of these different things. But like you were saying, it was kind of like, okay, well, 
I had these expectations. I kind of put, you know, all this stuff on his plate and didn't really talk about it, but was just like having these expectations and then things didn't go well. And then we would get into a fight and it was like, okay, well you did this and you did that. And there was a lot more to it, but just that whole part of, okay, you know, we're not listening. We're not communicating. I'm putting blame on you. You're putting blame on me when really both of us need to just walk away, look at our own shit and be like, Oh, okay, you know, I really was doing that because of something that I had done in the past or something that I had learned from my parents or my grandparents or, you know, different things like that. And even today, it's like, you know, I'm 26 and you still carry that shit. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because when you do get into these situations, I think it's an opportunity to look at yourself and to look at those issues. And whether that relationship works out or it doesn't, take it as a win because ultimately you are gaining a greater part of yourself. Yeah. Everything is a win, right? Like let's be, let's be honest with ourselves. Everything's a win. Even the, even the darkness that we all go through our own selves, it may seem super drowning and sad and depressing, but it's a win at the end of the, at the end of the day. And I love that story, Michaela. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable because that is such a key component to everything that we've been talking about is if, if the partner, your partner is, all, is casting blame on you, there's a form of you that has either casting blame or has casted blame before. So take it as what can I learn from this situation? I ask myself that very often in my own relationship, as many as friendships that I have, is when something is going like completely off the rails or even it's subtle in situations, I always try to take a step back, take that deep breath and say, what am I meant to learn in this situation? And let my guides and let my superiors and my angels come in and help guide me to the answer that I'm seeking because self-awareness is one of the, the biggest things that is lacking in our world, in my opinion, right? Is we, because we're always so focused and fixated on everybody else, like, like culture and society teaches us to do, to, we, don't, we don't look in within ourselves. So we see those as, the, we've heard this before, a mirror of everything that's happening, but it's our job to make sure that we are, we're, we're taking it in, right? We're, we're putting it in that filing cabinet after it has been healed and if, if we need to pull it back out, we pull it back out, right? We open that fucking door and we're like, hey, we're going to take this head on as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I wish it was easier said than done because I know for me, I, especially in my past relationships, I was always finding people that could complete me. And it's hard to even say out loud because I was always having like mom issues because my mom wasn't present. So I was always looking for someone to please and take care of. And then, and always... I guess, trying to show them like, this is all that I have to offer. Love me. But it came down to, no, you need to heal from your past of maybe your broken relationship with your mother. But seeing like, even thinking about this and having that conversation now, it's like, wow. I mean, honestly, it was doomed for failure because I wasn't really looking for love. I was looking for something completely different and it was within me. Yeah. Healing, I'd say is one of the hardest things, right? And it doesn't need to be crazy. Like, I think that's a good point right now for us to talk about. And I'd love to hear what you both do for your own healing, right? But what I've done in my past that has been tremendously life-changing for me is like burn and release letters, where you get everything you possibly can out on a letter. Um, you can be as mean as you want to be. You can be as vulgar as you want to be. And you just get it completely out. And then you burn that shit. And you let, you let it go into the universe so it can recycle back any negative energy and put, it, put as much positive energy back into it. Um, another thing as well is confronting it. I like to use the, the latest movie, It. Hopefully, if you guys, have, you guys have seen it, but I like to use this as an example because there's a, 
scene where they have the three doors they're locked in the room and like the, uh, that weird tar stuff is like coming towards them to kill them or whatever and they have the three doors that they have to the uh, dive into one says it's kind of scary mostly scary and the scariest and they open up the scariest door they see this man like hanging there or whatever right that's literally our life but more often than not we don't even open that door we go for the easiest route because we're too scared to handle the shit that we need to not knowing that if we open that door all it is is an illusion right? Again, the darkness is, is, is more light than it is dark, in my opinion. And all we need to do is step into it. And once we do that, then we, we literally start to cure and heal everything that we can. And that's diving into those mommy issues, those daddy issues, those relationship issues, those trauma issues, right? I, I always tell my clients that when we go through a healing process, it's, you don't have to relive what took place, right? So in my situation, when I was molested as a kid, I don't have to relive that entire situation and be in that my younger self and revision it and everything. You don't have to, right? But the weight that you're carrying, the energetic weight that you're carrying, we can lift it through a process of meditation, through a process of energy clearing, and just honestly talking about it and getting it out in the open. Because all that's all ego really wants at the end of the day is some form of awareness. And so as long as we're bringing it some form of awareness, then, then that's all it needs. Right. But I'm curious, Michaela, Jasmine, what are some things that you have done in your own personal practice or maybe with your clients that have you have, you have helped them heal from certain situations in their life? Yeah. I mean, I've done the burning too. I've, I love writing and journaling. I feel like for me, it's one of the best ways that I can communicate, especially when I can't get my thoughts straight and I have no idea what's going on. I just let the pen flow to the paper and it, eventually all comes out doing that. I've done some EFT tapping on some judgment and fears, meditations, and really practicing while I'm talking with someone. I notice that, especially with my parents, a lot of things have kind of resurfaced over this past year. And it's really taught me a lot. And honestly, 90% of the time, I'm not looking for anything. I'm not consciously searching for an answer but I'll be in a conversation with either my mom or or my dad. And all of a sudden, like I'll get this thought in the back of my head. I'm like, Oh wait, that's a missing puzzle piece. Okay. So I have this trait because I watched my mom and her dad's relationship. So I kind of got some wonky things from that. Okay. I, Oh shit. You know what? I do that, you know, with my own dad or I do that with past relationships or talking to my dad and, something will come up and, you know, the same thing happens. And it's just this whole level of awareness because once you start to pay attention to those things, they just start coming in. You're like a magnet and they just do not stop. And it's a beautiful thing because I feel like I found so many answers prior to me searching for things and kind of forcing myself into situations or into thought processes or into meditations, trying to find an answer and then getting more frustrated and wondering why. But now it's okay. Well, what situation am I in? Who am I talking to? What are the feelings that are coming up? You know, is it anger? Is it confusion? Is it aggression? Is it love? Is it sadness? You know, whatever it may be. And then kind of peeling back the layers little by little and saying, okay, well, let me follow this trail of breadcrumbs backwards to where everything began. And that's been a huge thing for me. And I've been, I feel like I've been able to articulate my feelings more or express my needs or my feelings in a healthier way rather than getting angry and blowing up on someone or just holding it all in and being like, okay, well, you know what, they'll figure it out. If I just act, you know, aloof and, you know, closed off, they'll be like, oh, I'm interested in what she's feeling. Let me tap her on the shoulder and ask like, no, 
<laughs> you need to be upfront with people and you can do it in a healthy and constructive way. Yeah. Um, I think going off with that because, or going along with that, my biggest thing, especially in previous relationships, I was not in a way I, I felt like even if I was in having a conflict with a partner or a friend, whatever, I couldn't physically say it. And that was something that was from past traumas. And so I invested in a coach, even as a coach myself, just to learn how to cultivate that. I'm a big believer in if you don't know how to get to a destination or a goal, it's okay to ask for help. Was it easy? No. Um, my ego is huge. It's something I fight every day, but learning those tools and that led me to EFT tapping, affirmations, journaling. One of my biggest things that I do, especially in those times of, you know, I mean, I will say now I'm in a very healthy and happy relationship, but it took me 10 years to learn and grow and cultivate that. And, I'm, and I don't even want to say I made mistakes. I did a lot of growing, but reflecting on that and learning how to break that habit of stop self-sabotaging when you feel like something's going downhill. You are meant to have healthy relationships. Those were thoughts I had to, or beliefs I had to remind myself of, because there was a point where I didn't believe I was worthy of love. I thought I was just meant for a fling here and there. I was meant to help someone. They get wherever they, whatever they want. And then they're off their lucky way. But it was like, no, I need to start loving myself, cultivating these healthy beliefs and meditating more and sitting in my shit and sitting like, why do I do these things? What are these emotions that I'm having and why am I having them? And just uncovering all of those years of trauma, hurt, and self-sabotage and just laying it out there and be like, okay, this is why I do this. This is what I need to do in order to overcome that. Super powerful. Thank you so much for, for answering that. And I, I want to touch real quickly on the deserving portion of what you were talking about, because I feel like this is honestly a real true pandemic in our society when it comes to relationships is I, I've spoken to so many women that are staying in an abusive, toxic, unhealthy relationship because they don't feel like or think that they deserve better. So they're settling for, for the relationship that they're currently in being like, this is the best that I'm going to get. I just accept it for what it is. And I stay in that. I'm also finding that men do the same, right? But more specifically, like with themselves, that's why it's so hard for a man to really gain confidence, which is a skill, by the way, right? You don't just come out of the womb exuding confidence. It's something you have to learn over time. And I think men have a hard time understanding that. But that's why men have a lack of confidence in, in this society and in our world is that they don't want to be rejected because their self-worth worth is hit so hard. And so that's where I would speak to any woman that is literally listening to this, watching this, is knows that they are worthy enough, that they, they can have better. And if you do have that better, commend you for that, right? For getting along to that journey and really recognizing that you are in that space but just know if there is a level of toxicity, unhealthiness, um, combativeness, things that you know are not serving you and your energy will tell you, get the hell out of there because you don't deserve that. This life is so short and we talk about that so often in this, in any conversation that we're in, but it's so short. Like, why would you want to live in a situation such as that any longer? The, the hard part is, is I, I talked to women too, right? Where they want this, this beautiful prince, right? This, this strong, capable, uh, stable prince. But when they have that prince and they don't know they have that prince, they're not aware of it. They only know as much as they know. And so what happens is they end up leaving that really good guy that they've been searching for for most of their life to just go have that hookup or just to go have that fling because that quick gratification is what is only fueling or filling their cup for a, a certain amount of time. 
not knowing that if they stick it through with this quality guy that may be AKA quote unquote boring for a point in time, right. To them, because it's not that quick, intense, like passionate, you know what I mean? Gratification. Then they would, they'll actually have better off and they'll have what they're actually looking for. And men also do the same. That's why there's such a big issue with porn and men. Let's be just honest and real of what it is, right? That's why men go to porn as often as they can is because they psychologically they're thinking, well, I'm never going to have that woman anyway. So I'm just going to get my satisfaction and pleasure through a video or through another, another person or another woman, right? Not believing and knowing in themselves that they can have everything that they want. But again, it just comes down to self-worth and having that confidence and knowing and having faith and trust in the process. That's why Bergens, they're Bergens for a reason, right? Until that troll comes along and shows them. That's why I'm such a huge advocate of coaching on every level. And that's why, again, I always promote as many coaches as I possibly can in their practice, even if we're in the same industry, because Jasmine, what you offer is different than what I offer. Michaela, what you offer is different than what I offer. And, and that's the beautiful aspect of what is even if we're both directed towards men or women, and we still are like, let's say we're all mindset coaches, your mindset practice is very different than my mindset practice. And everyone can learn from a different area. So I know I kind of dabbled a little bit into that, but just know, like, that's why I'm a hugely passionate about this. I, I want to show women that they can have their Prince Charming. And I also want to show men that they can have their queen, even, they don't, even though they don't even know what a queen is because they haven't done the research and, and dived into that yet. But anyway, I, I love that you brought that up because I think that needs to be spoke about. And I will say this, one thing that really pivoted my mindset on relationships, especially romantic relationships, I think sometimes, Michaela, maybe you can agree with me or not agree. I want to know your opinion on this. We kind of almost fetishize, like, I want this dream guy that has all this money and is going to take me wherever I want and do whatever I want. And I was having a good conversation with a friend that's also a coach, but, and she was like, so what do you bring to the table? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And so, and this was like two years ago. And so it, it made me really think, you know, what am I bringing to the table? Not, I mean, of course, like for financial gain, but am I mentally healthy, happy? Am I going to be empowered? Am I going to empower my partner, uplift my partner? I mean, what else do I have to bring other than just looks and that's it? Because I, I know uh, some of my clients, especially they, they just spoke like, these are my looks and here's sex, but uh, there's so much more to that. And I've been that person as well. So I, I wanted to touch base on, I think, and you mentioned this previously, both partners should be bringing something to the table and kind of trying to think of the right word, but just help where someone lacks that person comes in. I don't think that at least for my relationship and what I told my clients, I'm not a relationship coach, but there has been success to it to some extent, just helping each other out where someone lacks you come in and it doesn't have to be, Oh, this person's going to save the day and we're going to ride off and get it. He's going to be the breadwinner or I'm going to be the breadwinner. Like what if we were both great? You know, I completely agree. And my mind kind of goes back to my childhood and, you know, being a girl, you know, we have Disney, we have these princess movies and like, while they're like great and funny, you know, in their own timing, it creates this sense of, okay, as women, you have to be reliant upon someone else. Like, yeah, you can kind of get yourself out of these situations, but in the end, there's always this handsome, perfect guy who's going to take care of you for the rest of your life. And when I was little, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, yeah, <laughs> then growing up and learning about, you know, myself and just in general, 
the more I was like, no, like that, what, what do you mean? Like, I don't want to be taken care of, like to a certain extent, like I don't want to just sit at home and eat bonbons all day while, you know, my partner's out like busting his ass and all this different stuff. And even in high school, I kind of had these notions and being in relationships and kind of still having that, okay, well, you know, I'll be taken care of. Like, I don't really, I'll offer, you know, what I'll offer the, you know, the good looks or whatever. (laughs) Like, it'll just be like superficial and simple and it'll all work out. But that doesn't work. And I've learned that through, you know, relationship after relationship. And it's been good because it's a huge learning experience. And now I'm confident enough in myself and I'm like, okay, I can bring all this shit to the table. Like I've got bags of good stuff to bring to the table and I'm not afraid to express that because it's not cocky. It's not saying that I'm better than anyone else, but it's going within myself and saying, okay, I have these strengths. I'm a good listener. I'm empathetic. You know, I have all these different things. I'm going to share that with someone else And it's that teamwork. And I've always thought of relationships as teamwork, like watching my parents, like go through hell and back through different things and always watching them come out of it together. And that was one of the things that has really stuck with me because you can have your own individual battles and kind of come out of them like as a team, not necessarily relying on one another wholeheartedly and just kind of giving up on yourself, but saying, okay, you know what, you know what, I'm going to give you my hand. I'm just hold on to it. Pull me up. Let's pull each other out of this. And I think that scares a lot of people. I think because you have to be vulnerable, you have to say something's wrong or I had this to offer. And it all comes down again to self-worth looking inside yourself and saying, okay, you know what? I'm not good at this part. You are. Can you listen? Can you help me? Whatever it may be. Because I know that I've had some friends who go into relationships and it's going into with this huge expectation and it never ends up. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you've done this six, seven times already. Don't do it again. Kind of sit back, look at it. What are the parts that are missing? Yeah, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to say it right now. Cause I, I preach this probably more than I sleep, right. Is expectations only lead to disappointment. That's, that's my firm belief. Right. And I think there's a difference between having goals and wants and needs compared to expecting something to be a certain way in a form of expectation. It's almost like you're judging that situation in a negative way. Judgment's not always a bad thing, right? I use that as an example too, where if you see somebody wearing some, a, a pair of shoes that you like, a pair of heels, ladies that you like, and you're like, oh, I like that. You're judging it to some degree, right? But you're judging it in a positive way, in a healthy way, not a negative way. But I love, I, Michaela, I, I resonate on that level as well, because in my opinion, in every relationship, romantic, friendship, family, even, it needs to be 100, 100. And to the point of the Disney comment that you, were, that you provided is a lot of women do grow up thinking that I will be taken care of. And a lot of women do want that, right? That's where they love security, right? The feminine energy loves the security and the masculine energy loves to provide that security to them, right? But that comes in many different forms and fashions. And I'm not a fan of you are my other half. You are, you are somebody that completes me because guess what? You are whole 100% the way that you are. So when you come together 100, 100 and two whole people come together, That's where I'm here to tell all the men that may be listening and watching that 
you can have a queen and a woman by your side that's going to support you while you're out to provide for yourself, your family, and your relationship. Because that's also what men fear is that I'm going to be working and working and working. And the woman that I'm with is just going to be taking, 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 and I'm not going to get anything in return, right? Unless it's like sex, for example. We all know how that's like. But the woman can provide so much more. That's why queenship is so important as well. And that's why it balance each other. A book, I don't know, Michaela, when we last spoke, if I told you about this book, but a book that I highly recommend for any woman, as long as it is not manipulated, is called The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. Now, from a male perspective, it's The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Those are the two similar books, women, I recommend. Anybody listening to this, I recommend reading that book as well, even though it's from a man's perspective. You're going to get to know men on a completely different level from a soul level, right? From a divine level, not just from a surface level, he just wants to hook up with me type of bullshit. This is going to be literally what really fuels men if we can get down to that, le- that level and that layer. And that's what I'm here to do is get, get to that layer and that level with men so that we, I can show them that it's possible. And then um, I'll let all the other women empowerment coaches do their, do their work with all the other women. And so, yeah, this, is, this has been great. A question that I have for you real quick, right, is what do you feel like is the most common question for women in regards to the men? I know there's a Where lot, they- but, what, but what, uh, what is some that come in, right? <laughs> Why are they so scared? <laughs> okay, scared of what? Opening up and being yeah. vulnerable and letting someone else in and building something. Okay, well, we're going here. Perfect. So, <laughs> who's been heartbroken? Yeah, all of us. <laughs> all of us. So, that's why, right? The feeling of getting heartbroken is so excruciating. And so we feel like if we are putting in so much effort, so much time and so much love, all just to be hurt in the end, why the hell would I go through that? Why would I put myself through that? But again, this is a Bergen way of thinking, not a King's way of thinking, because a King would say all that pain, all that hurt, all of that growth and lesson is going to make me a better man, a better partner, a stronger man. And so That's why men are scared to do that. But they're also, you've heard the term, and this is more like 90s-ish, the early 2000s of scared of commitment. It's still a thing today, right? But there's plenty of women that are also very scared of commitment at the same time. And so that scared of commitment is ownership. If I commit to you, Michaela, if it doesn't work out, I'm a failure and I don't want to be a failure. And so if I'm a failure, then that means I've been rejected holistically and I'm not the man that I thought I was. And therefore, I'm not as strong as society says I need to be. So it goes into all these different layers, if you will, of the, of the tree roots is what I call it, right? Because there's so many different avenues. But that's, why, that's a big part of why men are scared is because they don't want to be heartbroken. I don't know if that's a surprise to you or not. But if you look at the deep, deeper level, that's really what their soul and their heart is, is screaming from an ego fear perspective. Their soul is like, bro, jump on that horse and let's fucking ride away. But an ego side, they're like, no, 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 pump the brakes. I want to protect you and save you so that you're not getting hurt in the end, right? Because ego is always there to jump in and save you to some degree or another. Yeah. All right. And I like Just that. to add on to that real quick, um, do you think that, because you said men and women kind of feel that same way, do you think women are more open to trying again? Because in society, if a man fails, he's seen as weak. So he's not willing to try again? Or like, what's your take on that? I think it depends on the situation. It also depends on the woman, but at a soul level, yeah, women are much more likely to try again because they can't help it. It's like, I'm going to use candy as the example. Like I love circus peanuts, 
everyone hates circus peanuts, but I love circus peanuts. So if you open up a bag near me, I'm a, I want to go eat some circus peanuts. It's the same thing with women and their emotions. They almost cannot help but share and try again in those situations because men love love as much as women love love, but women are much more expression based of what they want in that love which is a beautiful, beautiful gift. So it depends on the situation. Cause for example, if you were with somebody, let's say for 20 years and they've been cheating on you for the last 10, it's gonna, that's gonna take some time. Um, but if it's a, another situation where it's like, you guys just had some, some really toxic relate or toxic conversations and experiences and there was no cheating, et cetera, then they're more likely to bounce back a lot quicker. So it's different for every situation, but a woman's innate energy and, and perspective and soul is to, you know, continue to try because it yearns for that love so deeply. Makes sense. Going along with that question, I think this is a question that our audience, especially my friends that listen to this, what is your opinion on men that want everything with the woman except that title and that commitment? They want to have their cake needed too. What's your opinion on that? All right, I'm going to try to do this without uh, well, no, I'm just going to do it. And if I trigger you, I trigger you. If you're a man, you listen to this, you're triggered. You're meant to be triggered. That's not a man. That's a boy. Uh, a real man is, he knows his wants. He knows his needs. If he doesn't, then he's at least striving for them, but he's not necessarily afraid to commit. A boy, however, is only looking for that quick gratification. He's only looking for that quick little hookup to fill his cup because he's stealing energy from other people. It's a very immature approach. This is what goes back to the World War II example that I was telling you is that through our culture and through our dynamics, we haven't been taught what, it's tr- what it truly means to actually step into manhood. There's, a, there's a old, uh, an old story about initiations with manhood, where we've gotten away from rituals and initiations from old tribes long, long ago. And, and one of the stories is, is that there was a chief in a, in, a, in a village, and there was a young boy that came to this village, and he was fixated on the king's uh, daughter. And the king knew just from energy and from intuition that this boy started to, you know, feel some sexual tension and started to have a lot more attraction. And so what the king did was, is he actually uh, put this boy in solitude, right? At a very young age, put this boy in solitude. Um, and back then it's in the middle of, you know, it's in the middle of the forest, right? You got crazy ants, you got spiders, you got bugs, you got animals, you got all crazy shit out there. He put him alone and, and kept him away. Didn't feed him, didn't bathe him, didn't give him water, nothing. And what took place was the boy became very weak. And through the processes, there was these man-eating ants is what they called back then. They're just bigger ants, if you will. But they just started eating this boy's flesh. And by the end, he, you know, there, I think a week went by, right, where he was just completely obliterated and he could barely move. And so after a week, they went back to where they left the boy and the boy was still breathing. And so the king says, or the chief says, go ahead and you know, wash him up, get him bathed, get him clothed and bring him back. And so once they did, people were asking, well, why did you do this chief? Like, what was the purpose of this? And he says, he had to die. His boy had to die in order for his man to thrive. So we've talked about this. I mean, in many capacities are one another, but we haven't specifically said this where a large part of us has to die. If we've been in toxic relationships, that has to die in order for us to create a new. That's the whole part of a healing process, not physically die where we're just going off into the spirit world, but we are dying. We're, we're killing off the areas and situations of what we don't really want in this, in this life. And so I love that story because that's, that's true. And we have gotten so far away from that. I'm not, I'm not saying, Hey, go, you know, throw all the boys into the wilderness and let them try to survive. I'm not saying that shit. What I'm saying though, is that we can have leadership conversations 
from actual men and kings that actually know that it's okay to share feelings. It's okay to talk about emotions. It's, it's okay to talk about how to approach a queen and speak to a woman and, and validate her feelings um, and sit with her and support her through the process. And we, we, we lack that. We've been lacking that for a mass amount of years. And so that's why I love that story so much, right? Is that you have to kill the boy before you can actually bring him into manhood. Because other than that, what you're going to see, and this is Derek's own opinion, is you're going to see men that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, still sitting on their ass, still playing video games as if they were 13, 14, and 15 years old. I think we've all known those people and we still know those people to some degree or another. I'm not bashing video games. There's a big difference between if I were to go and play some video games for five, 10 minutes with my children compared to playing six to seven hours a day of video games and just losing my complete identity in this video game that's completely false and fake. So that would be the answer to the question, right? Is we need to kill off the boyhood in order to get to the manhood. And that's very difficult and very hard. And we don't know a lot of what that is. A lot of men don't know what that is because we were never taught that. <laughs> that hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, it's, it's true. And I think even like going into like the female perspective, I think we need to do the same thing with like the little girl and just like, the, you know, the non-reality, but then embracing that woman, that queen in ourselves and saying, okay, like, I have to be able to set boundaries for myself. I know what I need and I know what I want, take it or leave. And I think that's kind of hard for us as well. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay. Any other questions that you may have that may be burning that your audience may want to know, right? I'm just curious because I get asked questions for both men and women all the time, right? And so I just, I'm just here to provide the different perspective, if you will, right? So I'm just yeah. curious if there is anything else besides that. Two very key points, though. So I appreciate you both just coming straight up with fire on those because we need to talk about those more often. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there any question, like a super common question that you get asked a lot? Uh, it's similar to what we spoke about, right? So why won't he commit? Um, why is he fucking around? From the male perspective, a lot of them don't even know why they're addicted to porn. So I have a lot of those conversations, which again, I have those deep conversations of stemming it back to their childhood and lack thereof of what took place. Um, a lot of women, though, they ask like how they can attract men. Uh, and so uh, maybe we can dive into that real quick. So the best way that you can attract men is focusing on yourself. And so I think that's a little taboo because uh, again, Again, we're, th we're always thinking, and this is also for men as well. So any, ma any man listening to this is we, we're so fixated on, again, we need to impress the other. We need to have the right clothes, the right hair, the, the jawline needs to be like nice and tight, all this shit. Um, or from a woman's perspective, right? They need to smell nice. They need to look clean, be clean, right? They need to have their makeup done, that whole thing. And I'm not discrediting or bashing any of that. All I'm saying is, is that the best thing that you can do energetically and with your focus is completely put it onto yourself almost as if you were to stay in your own lane i have a short little story so i was actually getting on the freeway this is a few years ago and there was it's a three lane on ramp and one of the cars swerved at me so then i swerved into the other lane and then i almost hit a cop so anyway the cop ended up pulling me over because i was acting recklessly if you will right to his degree and i explained to him that this car swerved into my lane and that's what made me swerve into the other lane the best advice, and this is the best part I love about life, is that you hear those little nuggets that don't really make sense to you in that moment. But if you look at the big picture, it does. He says, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to let you go. No ticket, no whatever, right? He said, but I want to remind you that you need to stay in your own lane. 
And that's stuck with me ever since is we all need to stay in our own lane and focus on ourselves. Because if I am fixated and focusing on Michaela or Jasmine or Brittany or Tyler or whoever, I am not living to my full potential and full purpose because then I start to emulate what they are doing. If Michaela's doing this, why can't I do that same thing? Then I'm just mimicking what she's doing. If Jasmine is off making all these connections with all these other people, well, I want that too. So I'm going to start doing what she's doing when in reality I can do it my own way. And I need to figure that out my own self. So to all the women and all men in this situation as well, if you want to attract the right person in your life, you just need to continue to work on yourself and focus on yourself because I am a huge, huge advocate of the old fashioned term of you just meeting people as you will when it should happen. I'm not a big fan of like the dating apps, but again, that's part of our world and that's what's taking place. But I love the idea of you being in a supermarket, going to get some green beans or whatever it is. And, you know, this man walks up to you and was like, hey, you know, I, I just found you to be super attractive. Are you single? If you are, can we go out sometime? Like to me, that story is so much better than you just like, yo, I swiped right on this guy. And, you know, he seems like he's a nice guy. We're going to try to meet up later on. Now, granted, that does work too, right? I'm not discrediting it. It's again, it's part of our world. And if that does happen, which I've known many people where it has, and they, they're actually very healthy in their relationship, then that's great too. But all I'm saying is, is that when we are focusing on yourself and you're continuing to better yourself, grow yourself and find out what your true wants and needs are, then you're going to attract the right person because your person is out there. There's no denying that, that you can deny it all you want, but I'm going to tell you now you're, you're being naive to it. Your person is out there and as much as you are working on yourself, they are working on themselves. And when the right time comes, then you will meet. And it's so much worth the wait, right? I was like, I, I remember when I was younger, right? When I was 18, 19, I was like that same thing where I was like, I'm trying to like be with so many women to see who, who's for me. No, that was such a waste of my time, but it wasn't at the same time because it taught me everything that I wanted and everything that I didn't want. And it taught me more of who I wanted to be and who I truly am. And so now that I'm 33, I know myself better than I ever have. And that's why I love my thirties is because you know yourself better than you ever have in my opinion, but you start to attract all of the things that you truly want, whether it is materialistic or not attract a lot more into this space. Right. I mean, Michaela, there's a reason why you and I cross paths through another coach, if you will. Right. There's purpose in that. And now Jasmine, I get to meet your, meet you and see your presence and see your beauty and your purpose. So everything happens the way that it should, but that that's the number one advice I would give anybody that's looking for their partner or wanting their partner, even if they're not vocal about it, but deep down they're crying about it late at night. That's what you should be doing is focusing on yourself, developing yourself and continue to grow for yourself. And you're right. I wish I would have, I mean, everything happens for a reason, but what I tell people now, now that I'm embarking on my thirties in a couple of days, you have to love yourself because you're always going to find someone that's just as broken as you are, or you're always going to be fixing someone at any day. It's just not going to work. I wish it was, it would, but it's not if you're not aligned with who you truly are. Yeah, we're always gonna we're always gonna be looking for that, right? I tell my clients all the time, Jasmine, there's no finish line. You've heard this a lot with like material things. Once you have that car, you're happy. It's similar to that. There's never a finish line in this life. Like you're always gonna be constantly growing. It's your choice of what magnitude and level you want to. And one thing that I want to talk about, because you mentioned it, which I'm super passionate about, is self-love. So many people, at least in my in my area, Salt Lake City, they feel like if I were to say, Hey, love yourself. They see that as a very, a very selfish act. And again, that's a societal cultural thing. And I'm going to say that's a bunch of bullshit. 
when you are loving yourself and filling your own cup, that's when you can start to pour into other people's and serve them even more. It's not a selfish act in the selfish frame of I am doing it to take away from other people. You're doing it in a way of filling your cup, but also helping other people, right? You've heard the term, and this is so funny because it's about relationships, but you cannot love another more than you love yourself. So if you are trying to love somebody from an empty cup, you're just going to be hitting blanks all the time, right? Like you're not going to be able to provide the level of support and love that they are wanting. And, and you're also not going to be fulfilled in the end either because you're going to be completely defeated and empty in yourself. So self-love, I'm a huge advocate for. So Jasmine, thank you for bringing that up and sparking that in my memory. Yeah. And what you just said kind of sparked the word codependency in my mind, because I feel like we're so eager, at least from the women's perspective, so eager to take care of and nurture and provide emotionally that we forget about ourselves. Then we become codependent on our partner saying, okay, well, I'm lacking all of these things. Like I need you to kind of fill that part of my cup, but they can't, you have to do it yourself. And I think it's so important that no matter what kind of relationship you're in, whether it's family, friends, romantic, even business, make sure you're taking care of your own needs. What do you want? What do you need physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? All those things have all your bases covered. And then that cup fills and then it starts to overflow and then you can fill other people's cups. And it's just this whole cyclical thing. And it's so beautiful. 100%. So with that being said, we would love to know your three takeaways from everything. What would be three things you would want to stress to the audience today? So the first one is effective communication. And again, that's very broad, but let's talk about it real quick. So when you're effectively communicating, it's not necessarily you doing all the talking. It's you sitting back and listening and taking in everything that the other person is completely providing you. So being completely present in your communication and thinking before you're talking. I think that's a big issue that we have in our world. And then we end up having to apologize or feeling guilty for what is taking place. Number two is make sure that you are cultivating and manifesting a level of 100-100 effort. Everybody wants to be wanted by somebody else. That's just in our human nature. And in doing so, if you, you, you're giving in 100%, but the other person is only giving in 5%, that's not serving you. That, that's actually hurting you in those situations. I'm not saying cut them out of your life. If you were to talk to me 10 years ago, I would say cut them out of your life. But now I'm telling you, don't cut them out, but you can distance yourself from them to where you can manifest and cultivate people who are going to give you 100% of your time as much as you're putting into them as well. And that's the same with any type of relationship, friendships, and family is make sure that you are, you are meeting people at the same degree that they're meeting you and vice versa, because at the end of the day, you deserve to have those people surrounding you in every capacity, no matter what that is. The third and final thing I would have to say is make sure that you are healing from your past experiences. Grab that journal, write it down, do a brain dump, reach out to coaches that are specific in the healing space that can help you through this. Uh, do a burn and release letter like we were talking about earlier. Um, EFT, right? There's also like left eye uh, treatment as well. There's a, there's a slew of things that literally Google will provide you of opportunity that will allow you to really truly heal from your past trauma. And just know you don't need to be judged for those types of situations either. If you need any recommendations, please reach out because there's a slew of people that I can personally recommend for you if you're looking to get any type of healing into that type of space. But the healing starts with you and you making a choice, knowing that it's going to be better. I call it 
you got, you're walking around with these water buckets on your shoulders. Like your, your back's going to get sore eventually. And it probably already is. And if, if it is right now, I'm talking directly to you. It's time for you to let go of those buckets and to live a life full of freedom, fulfillment, and unconditional love. So those would be my three takeaways. Amazing. Those are beautiful. So Derek, where can our audience find you and work with you? Yeah. So three different platforms, which two of them you're going to be very familiar with. And no, it's not Tinder or Bumble based off of our prior conversation. <laughs> um, so Facebook. So my name is just spelled a little bit differently, but it's Derek, uh, Derek White, D-A-R-R-I-C-K, and then white like the color. And then on uh, Instagram, it's spelled the same way, just with an underscore at the very end. And then I also have my own website, which is DerekWhiteCoaching.com. Uh, those are the three forms that you can reach out to me if you are looking to work with me or just gain any advice or just have some genuine conversation and connection. I think it's interesting as coaches, a lot of people are like, I don't want to talk to a coach because they're just going to sell me. It's such a bunch of bullshit. There are coaches out there though that do that, but trust me, that's not what we do here, right? Like we're here to create a genuine conversation, a genuine connection and friendship. And just know like if we are not a good fit, I will direct you to somebody else that I feel is a good fit for you. I don't force any type of, you know, relationships or anybody coming into my program. I don't ever want them to feel that way. It has to be a good fit for the both of us, but those would be the three platforms that are most commonly used. And we'll put those in the show notes as well so everyone can find them. Derek, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was such an invigorating conversation. Honestly, this is, I think it's going to help so many people, whether they realize it or not. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. I absolutely love this because I feel like everyone's so quick to point fingers. And once you have a good conversation, a real conversation, you can see the vulnerability and understand that's the biggest thing, especially in this day in society, we need to learn how to understand each other as we heal ourselves and help one another. So this was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Well, Jasmine, Michaela, thank you both for allowing me to be part of this opportunity. If you ever want me to come back for any type of topic, I'm more than happy to. I had a ton of fun today. I also gained a ton of perspective in this as well. So we talked about self-love and me being able to learn as well. So just trust me that I have learned so much from the both of you. I hope there's more to come, but thank you so much for allowing this, for, for making the time for this as well, and for sparking a lot of those good topics and questions and conversations so that hopefully people can gain a tremendous amount of value from it. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you all. Thank you. Like what you've heard? Well, there's plenty more where that came from. Are you looking to take these lessons to the next level and bring them into your own life? If you're ready to release old patterns, negative habits, and thoughts, ditch your diet mentality and negative view of your body, and transform your body, mind, and life to the next level, the Mind, Body, and Spirit program is just for you. Click the link below to find out more. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our channel to be the first to hear our weekly episodes. You can also find us on Instagram at Your Coach Jasmine, at Nourished Soul Coach, and on Facebook in the Nourished Souls community.